Hey everybody, and thank you again for joining me today on another episode of the NHS 100K podcast with me, Matt Taylor. Uh, some really good guests been coming up. Uh, I've got a really good guest today. I'm going to mispronounce his name. I even I've asked him how to pronounce it right three times, but I'm probably going to get it wrong. But it's Gahan uh, Sator, and he is a a mindfulness mindfulness teacher, truth teller, subconscious self sabotage coach, and a host of the Boundless Authenticity podcast. So I'm not going to say any more because I like the whole self-sabotage thing anyway. Um, and I've had a chat to this guy off air briefly already and he seems really nice. So I'm really excited today about him coming on and uh, giving us some information that we can take away with us. So how are you doing, buddy? All right? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you. So thank you for coming on to the show. Um, we've managed to get our time zone synced up. So am I, am I okay to tell people where you are? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, so we're all the way in Barbados, so we're definitely getting around a bit, which I like. Um, so, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, everything's going great. I mean, life is good, and I can't really complain, which is a rare thing these days for a lot of people, so I feel blessed, you know? Yeah, 100%. So, I, I liked, when you told me what you do, um, I, I was really interested in it anyway, so self-sabotage okay i mean the clues in the title but uh, you know please can you just explain a little bit more about how you kind of got into it and and just you know take us down the rabbit hole my friend how i got into it well i used to be the king of self-sabotage man i started off as a musician and in a country like barbados where it's rife with religious indoctrination and uh ultimately persecution as a result of that they didn't like the non-black kid who was walking around with black nails, black eyeliner, big black baggy pants. You know, I was so goth I could bite the head off of bats and like um, shit blood and shit, whatever it is that these heavy metal guys are into. And, um, you know, I, I, I pretty much looked like the opposite of what you'd find around here. And people, people were really rubbed the wrong way by the fact that I actually had a talent for it as well because i'm just gonna say this like it's the main thing is calypso and and like reggae and shit like that and you know they do have people who are into pop music and stuff like that but it's not really so much uh like alternative rock even you'll find a few people who gravitate towards whatever's on the radio but anything outside of that they don't know they're programmed to just like the things that they think everybody else likes and anything that goes against that well you're the enemy automatically so it's uh, a little unknown fact about Barbados because everybody kind of goes, oh, that must be so awesome. And it's like, you have no fucking idea. <laughs> you have no idea the level of uh, like programming around here. And it's tough because it, it doesn't bother me anymore, but it has a, a big impact on people. So you want to talk about self-sabotage. Oh, boy, this this place is like. The testing ground for self-sabotage and a lot of people don't understand when we talk about the elites and things like that and slavery and all those kinds of things that, that never really went away and barbados was actually the place where they developed the barbados slave code which went on to be pretty much the manual for how to enslave everyone else everywhere and so you can see that that's something that's in the collective consciousness once you get off the plane, you spend more than like two weeks, you know, if you if you stay sober and you just keep quiet and actually observe a lot of like a lot of my friends and stuff that come to visit me, they're like, brother, I love you, but I don't know if I'm coming back. 
Wow. Is it that bad? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, well, I don't want to use the word bad because for those who are in it, they can't see that it's not serving them, you know, and that's self sabotage. So I wanted to give that somewhat negative story <laughs> about the way things are around here to highlight how I got sucked into self sabotage and I picked up everybody else's behaviors and, when I was feeling really down on myself and dealing with a lot of crippling anxiety and depression and stuff like that, because I also grew up in a household where my dad was a, a very abusive and my sister is what you call a narcissist, not just trying to take the piss out of her or anything like that, but she actually displays <laughs> all, all, not even five out of nine, but all nine of the requirements for being diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder and my dad did too so obviously back in those days we didn't have that label the narcissistic personality index only came up in the 1980s and you know there's a lot of situations where you're like oh this thing is happening at home and people would gaslight you like family members and stuff they're like oh no not them they're so sweet but they would be monsters in private so i had to deal with all that stuff as a kid and by the time i was about uh 17 i started drinking and um i just kept on drinking and then i realized holy crap if you do certain drugs you can drink more all right awesome and you know that's kind of what we were doing anyways we were all really wayward back then but when it got really bad and i just wanted to change myself and i reached out for help the majority of people i discovered were quite nasty and they weren't interested in giving a helping hand so that's more self-sabotage because I realized I was doing it to myself and I didn't know how to get out of that. And I actually had a very interesting experience, two very interesting experiences that led to me getting out of here. Um, one was I was on Facebook and I was doing quite well at music and stuff. So people knew who I was online and things like that. Um, and a lady who's a personal trainer, she's now dead. She died earlier this year. Um, but she's one of the, the biggest influences in, in my life into getting out of that way of being. She kind of hit me up on Facebook. She's like, man, I love your music. And she's like, what are you doing for your, your health and stuff like that? And we, were, we talked for a while before that and became friends. And she basically said, you know, well, I basically own a gym. My roommate's an IFBB pro bodybuilder. I also train. Let me help you. And she revealed to me that her friend had like a room full of supplements that she just gets from sponsorships and stuff that she can never use. And they sent me a bunch of that stuff. And she gave me all these workout plans and stuff. And I started getting into something you're very passionate about, Wing Chun. Oh, wow. And, Best friends uh, already, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I started, you know, did I did that for about a year. And um, yeah, I did that for about a year. And worked out really hard and stuff and my entire life changed as a result of that and i did what the cool kids call manifesting these days i would be like running on the treadmill and stuff and just thinking about you know who i want to be and you know playing on stage and doing all the things that i love doing and eventually that led to a woman calling me up out of the blue from a radio station in seattle somewhere and she's like dude i love your music you have so much talent is there anything i do to help you and i was like yeah you got to get me the fuck out of here and she and you know i was just joking and stuff but she very frankly said okay yeah i think i can do that and so helped me um get my visa and stuff to go travel uh to do music 
And uh, then I went off to Nashville, Tennessee. And that's when I got exposed to a lot more creativity and stuff like that. And because of Tina, the lady who's the personal trainer, um, she sent me a DVD by Wayne Dyer. And it was Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And she's like, hey, man, listen, I know you're really depressed. I know that you are unable to think beyond your circumstances right now. But we all do that. But if you listen to this DVD, it's going to change your life. Just trust me. And I'd already trusted her by that point. Hmm. So I listened to everything he said, and I found that everything that he said was true when I applied it. And that just kind of created that shift out of the self-sabotaging mindset. And um, instead of doing what most people do, where they adopt a new spiritual identity, I actually stopped and I slapped myself on the face. And I was like, this has to be the thing that I needed because when i'm applying this stuff it seems to work and it seems to put me in a different mindset where i can actually analyze my behaviors and stuff like that but it wasn't something that happened overnight you know i had to spend many years reading and researching and i'm the kind of person that okay just to paint a picture for you i would practice my guitar for like nine hours a day because i wanted that to be the thing that would save me so to speak to get me somewhere and I take that same work ethic with me into everything that I do. And so once I realized that this was going to be the thing that changed my life forever, I dove headfirst into reading and studying and researching. I mean, you talk about five subject notebooks and three ring binders full of just notes and stuff. And I would spend years and years burning the candle at both ends. Uh, I'd be up late at night. My roommates in, in the U.S. thought I was crazy. Because I'd just be up at like 4 a.m. And some of them were just getting up to work. And I'd still be there reading and, and making notes and stuff. Be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> and I'd be like, I just have discovered something about the human psyche and my soul and life that I don't think a lot of people understand. And they just kind of thought I was nuts. And so that's how I got into all that kind of stuff. Because then one night I was at a gig somewhere in Pennsylvania and uh, I had what I call my angel moment and a tall blonde haired dude walks up to me, taps me on the shoulder and he says, have you ever heard of coaching? And I was like, no. And I was talking to the sound engineer and stuff like that. And I gestured to the guy one second. I finished saying what I was saying to the sound engineer, turned around to talk to him and he was gone. And I searched the entire bar for him and he was gone. I thought that was so bizarre that I immediately went home and typed up, you know, what is coaching? And then that's when I came across like personal trainer certifications and Tony Robbins and all those things. I was like, hey, I've seen this guy before. And I didn't just didn't even know that that was a whole world that you could get into. And um, that's when one of my friends was like, yeah, I've heard of that before. I'm actually doing this and that and the next thing to to become one is like you want to sign up i was like yeah fuck yeah and we started a business together and we had it going for like five years or something where we just uh help people and through that process i just continued to get more and more resources and more and more training and mental health and mindfulness and during that period i fell down the rabbit hole and uh that's when i realized that things like neuro-linguistic programming and stuff are pretty much weaponized against us and so i started getting into nlp and hypnotherapy and those kinds of things and you know violently obsessed with what is the subconscious mind and what does it do and i realized that 
all that stuff is is the defining factor in self-sabotage it's all our subconscious programs and so now i'm here um nine years later just uh doing my thing do anything i like that so do you think most self-sabotage is enhanced and encouraged by you know the uh kind of the subconscious programming that we've been subjected to as well yeah absolutely and in the time that we're living in it's even worse um you know there used to be this thing about 95 percent of your daily activity and your thoughts is determined by your subconscious mind and i would have to say that in you know the convict times some of these people are like 99.9999999% of their subconscious because they're so um, programmed to just do whatever the authority says. And it's literally 80% of humankind is programmed to follow authority. And then that mere 20% is uh, the group that will wake up and try to make changes and stuff like that so i'd like to say that we're the ones that are in that group you know yeah i mean gg think okay so i've i've had a theory i've had a theory um that i first come across on twitter ages ago that um there was a few papers that kind of made a link between people being able to be hypnotized uh and and then therefore not being able to succumb to the kind of program that we're being subjected to today. And I've asked this question to quite a few people that are, you know, awake um, or if you will, or conscious uh, and none of them can be hypnotized. So I wondering if there's some sort of basic um, brainwave programming sometimes that, that will make some of us just immune to that kind of uh, kind of that thing. Um, but obviously, you know, we need more tests and things like that, but I just thought it was, a, it was an interesting thing because um, I've, tried to be hypnotized before twice and it failed um and i know other people a similar sort of thing I, I spoke to another couple once where they were picked to do something and then the hip, hip, hypnosis guy sort of told them to go away and carried on with some other people so whether he could sense that they wouldn't have been you know as, as easy so um i think what i'm trying to say is basically is, is um is 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 there a certain kind of brain get up or makeup that that kind of makes you immune for from from this sort of stuff as well um kind of well let me explain a lot of stuff okay please yeah because uh, i like to give people the the theory that they can kind of sit with and um try to understand that everybody can be hypnotized all hypnosis is self-hypnosis and the reason for that is because we're transitioning throughout these uh brainwave states seven times a day so sorry for seven hours a day i should say and then like three hours of that is when you're at sleep and then four hours of that is during your your regular daily motions so um the easiest way to explain that is that not everyone can be hypnotized by a stage hypnotist by a performer but if you have a skilled mentalist or if you are listening to music watching television uh taking drugs um drinking coffee or any other caffeine 
you can be easily hypnotized in a program to do anything because your brainwave states are all over the place. And so, like I was saying before, it's about 5% of our daily actions are really coming from conscious awareness. And 99 to 95%, like I said, for some people, it's 99.99%. The rest is subconscious, right? And if you have negative programs, then essentially your entire day, every single day, you are self-sabotaging. You're doing stuff that's totally messing you up. Even if you're, you know, doing well, making lots of money and stuff, well, that's not really a measure of success in life at all. It's how well you can break free from the establishment, if you will, that determines your success because that's the work if you want to talk about a spiritual journey of sorts. I'm a big believer in the earth school theory where we obviously come here to have some pretty shitty experiences to learn how to find joy in that, you know. And the subconscious mind is essentially just a hard drive and it stores information about yourself about the world and everything else in the form of programs and um when people say they can't be hypnotized well usually that's the sign of somebody that really doesn't know how easily they can be hypnotized because we all are under mind control of some form and mind control just because you're not dragging your ass on the floor like a dog or flapping your your arms like a chicken it doesn't mean that you're not under mind control or under some kind of spell everything that we come into contact with in this reality is based on black magic if you will because that's the kind of the world that world that we live in you know we live in a, a a luciferian construct and people ask me okay well what's the difference between the subconscious and the conscious mind and the unconscious because they get confused maybe they've done like a psychology course <laughs> at some point and they you know they don't understand what i'm talking about the conscious mind is just that part of you that keeps you from bumping into shit. <laughs> okay yeah that's that's yeah okay i'll agree with the that. subconscious mind is uh keeping you safe keeping you happy keeping you healthy it's responsible for your sexual urges, your vital organs, energy running through your body, your blood flow, your blood pressure, uh, you know, whether or not you have a good metabolism. Um, it's responsible for your emotional state. It's even communicating to the cells of your body, nutritional and hormonal information. And that's incredibly relevant in the time that we live in. But I'll get probably get to that later. And the unconscious is the part of you that when you go out, you get shit faced drunk and you sing karaoke and maybe you get into a fight and come back home the next morning. you got like two black eyes and a bellyache and a really bad hangover. And you're like, how the hell did I get home? Well, that's your unconscious. Your unconscious is just a subsection that uh, can help you make decisions for long enough to get out of a difficult situation <laughs> <laughs> but it's still very much tied to the subconscious and that's why those two things tend to be used um interchangeably and so people talk about you know i'm not programmed and all this kinds of stuff but yeah you are and it's happening at various levels so there's four different levels uh, the belief level, which is 
the core beliefs that we are taught and that we accept about ourselves and about the world as children. And they are all stored in the frontal lobe, which is the front of your brain right here where the prefrontal cortex. And that's very important to, to pretty much everything in my work and to understanding this. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. So then there's also the genetic level, which is where programs from your ancestors are held in your DNA. And they're stored in what's called the morphogenetic field. It's a, a field of intelligence that's all around you. It's an invisible intelligence, but it's measurable. And it taps you directly into the universal, what they call the unified field of consciousness, which we all are a part of. And we all extract information from it, whether we're humans or animals. And then you have the historical level, which is past lives or uh, memories from the collective consciousness experiences. So like, you know, if you were in the 1918 plague, then you were probably one of the first mask wearers. <laughs> yeah. You're all you're all down for it. You know, as soon as it came on, you were like, all right, I know what to do. And, um, you know, there's also the soul level. And that is exactly what it sounds like. Everything that a person is, the energy of a person, and that is stored inside of your heart. And so if you want to know who somebody is, the things that come out of their mouth, that's exactly what's in their heart. And, you know, there's a lot of people that you really know their character. You really see their, they put their heart first and not necessarily in a good way. There's a lot of people that you can definitely tell who they are at a soul level. And so we have these various um, subsections and categories of programs that we can have. And one of the most important ones that I can talk about is what's called an internal representation system. And the subconscious creates internal representation systems for everything that you observe. And it's literally how the subconscious makes sense of all the information that it's presented with. Um, and internal representation systems can be used for good or they can be used for bad. And people can lead your, your thinking or your imagination in any direction whatsoever because there's a push and pull that happens between human beings in everyday interaction and communication and overall exposure where we tend to create these internal representations based on everything that we see and everything that's more familiar. And the subconscious mind is primarily concerned with safety in the herd, staying out of trouble. It's, it's essentially a scanning device. It's kind of like the Terminator and it's looking all around for what's bad and what everybody else is kind of doing that you can not get eaten by a lion <laughs> and the human um, body and the human mind just has not advanced yet past that point to where it understands that we are not going to get eaten by a lion on the savannah or something like that, you, you know? So people tend to stay in that uh, mindset. And so if I said to you, don't think about the Statue of Liberty, don't think about the London Bridge, what's your mind automatically doing? Subconscious hmm. mind doesn't understand, don't. So everybody that just heard that, they've got the Statue of Liberty and the London Bridge in their heads. Mm -hmm. right if i said don't think of a pink fuzzy elephant your mind's going to begin to piece together bits and pieces of what it thinks that looks like so it's going to start with a regular elephant and probably color it pink probably put like some 
mink fur on it or something because you know pink fuzzy elephant is so non-specific which part of it is fuzzy is it the whole elephant is it just the ears and so i'm giving that example because the mind will fill in gaps and that's how we get mind control that's how we get hypnotized so hypnosis is just a process of narrowing a person's focus by confusing them and stopping the system altogether so that you can accept new information it's not somebody waving a, a watch in front of your face or a pendulum or something and then they tell you to uh cluck like a, a chicken right mm. it's more of a, a chemical internal process in the brain that happens by default and it's because the sub if the subconscious mind is handling 95 to 99 percent of your daily processes and the conscious mind can only take in 140 bits of information per second the subconscious mind is handling 66 six trillion sorry six trillion bits of information so that's a, a, an astounding amount of information right there and i think it's probably even more than that as as the science continues they find that it's more and more you know and the mind is doing 10 tr trillion tasks per second without you being aware of it mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of stuff that we have to do and so um self-awareness is the way that we defeat this this demon but it's not something that happens in a day and it's not something that happens in a year or even two years it's an ongoing process of growing in the direction of becoming more aware and more aware and more aware and um everything around us is designed to be input into the system to dictate our perception and so the powers that shouldn't be who i like to call the global cult of disempowerment their main agenda is to give us input because they know that what we observe, well, consciousness loves that shit. Consciousness automatically reproduces everything that it observes. So that's the cliff notes on the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, to be honest with you. I mean, I think it highlights the fact that we think we know a lot about our brains, but we don't really know nothing. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I was reading a book the other day that talks about... Um, you know how some people think if they think of something enough and will it, they can almost will it into existence or kind of manifest it to a certain extent. So they suggest, you know, writing, writing that thing down on a piece of paper. And the, the book turns around and says it's, it's just subconscious um, will support one, whether you, whether it thinks that you can do that or not. So if, if a person wants to, I don't know, invent something brilliant and it writes it down on a piece of paper, if after three days you, you're not writing it down on a piece of paper anymore, that's your subconscious basically turn around and saying to you, look, you, you clearly don't have the, uh, your subconscious doesn't want to do that basically. Um, because if you've got the motivation to write it down every day, you'll have the motivation to go away and make it so anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's your subconscious mind telling you whether it thinks that your idea is great <laughs> or, or if it's not, um, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, you it's know. really simple, isn't it? Because yeah. you can tell people you want to know what subconscious mind is. Look around at everything you have in your life and all your relationships, all the problems you have. That's what's in your subconscious. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, there was another book that, that I read called uh, by uh, called The State of Fear by Laura Dockworth. She's a, a, an English lady. Uh, right. And she wrote the book about... Um, the psychology of, of the lockdowns basically and there's a there's a there's a unit in sage that we have uh called the nudge unit 
uh, and their job is basically to nudge your thinking and your consciousness into a certain direction by putting tiny little things uh, for you to kind of nudge uh, down that way. And then if enough people are nudged, it becomes like a collective thought and then it will spread. Um, so it all it all kind of makes sense. I mean, I've got this theory that, that your brain's a bit of like an organic kind of antenna stroke computer anyway, which is, you know, something like 56% of our communication is, is non-verbal anyway, um, which is why I always like to try and look people in the face when I'm speaking to them, because you can tell a lot from someone. Um, if they can't look you in the eye, it tells you a lot about someone, I think. Um, and, and just the eyes and the face in general. Um, so, uh, but then I can be considered quite aggressive. So I don't, I don't know. I was just always told to just try and look people in the face when you're talking to them. And if you don't want to look them in the eye, look at their nose because then it still looks like you're looking them in the face. Um, right. but it, it tells that person that they've got your engagement, uh, and other stuff. And then it gives you a chance to kind of study. Anyway, um, I'm talking, preaching to the choir here, obviously, <coughs> clearly. Um, but so, so okay so you would go down this path obviously before all this stuff happened over the last couple of years was your thought process the same about the kind of global position with with the uh the cabal that you were um, stated earlier or was it kind of changed in the last couple of years yeah so the reason i went on this path and and the reason i got so depressed and and stuff was wasn't only because of people's behavior towards me here and and not being comfortable with the culture um i i rejected that from the time i was a kid i remember there's a story about me being like six years old you had to write an acrostic poem and for people who don't know what that is an acrostic poem is you just take a word and you write a poem based on the letters of that word so we had to use barbados as the word and it was a way of programming us with well, Alfred Krzyzewski calls the psychology of nationalism. It's one of the main programming devices that everybody has installed in them because everybody's taught to love their country when in reality they need to be taught to love other people unconditionally regardless of where they're from and see each other as just being a reflection of the one that is in all things. And I rejected it because even when I was a kid, I remembered who I was and that was kind of beat out of me by you know whether it's the school system or friends and i didn't want to do the poem and um it's a programming programming device that's used at political rallies and stuff here so you'll see the mc will come out on stage and they'll send him to do the dirty work and they'll be like he's something like i say b and you hold a microphone out and the people will recite whatever the first i don't know what it is because i've rejected it my entire life but when he says i say b the people in the crowd they are their eyes glaze over and they say what b stands for and then he says i say ba and he holds the microphone out and their eyes glaze over and they do the same thing again and, and then you just see their body language change and you know the way that they behave completely changes and they're locked into this trance and then you know whoever's the politician they can come on and say whatever they want to you and you walk away with that right and because of these internal representation systems each person kind of assigns their own thing it's the pink fuzzy elephant right so i'm trying to tie everything together here as i go along with all the stories and so i was against that i refused to write it and my mom was pissed as hell with me so she wrote it and because she's a program robot unfortunately <laughs> sorry mom and she uh, you know, I took it to school and stuff and, you know, I passed whatever because they were grading you for it. I was like, okay, well, that's how they do it, right? Because they give you an assignment 
and you already know what the answer is, but they give you the reward for it. And because all behavior is dictated by a reward factor behind every behavior, there's a positive reward. And when I say positive, it doesn't mean that it's good for you. It's you get some chemical release out of that. You get validation or you get some other neurotransmitters released in the brain that gives you some kind of feeling. You're like, oh, I like that. Right. Mm. so being th the way that it was around here i just couldn't handle it and i grew up very unhappy with everything else that was happening i just wanted to get out at all times and i started to get really really upset when people acted the way that they did towards me and so i knew that music was going to be the thing that would do it for me except i had a few problems there because around 16 17 i started getting record label attention and stuff like that and they're looking for you when you're as young as they can get you and i auditioned for all of the record labels you name it i've been i've been involved in some level on all kinds of different labels in one way or another and it's all come to the same proposition do you suck dick you want to get naked and take some photos you want to like they are trying to get you in a compromising position where they can then say, okay, now I have these naked pictures of you or doing whatever it is. And we'll give you a million dollars to make your first record. So once I got <clears throat> that, exposed that to that. Is that, is that, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I know you're not, but well, sorry, what I meant to say was, is that the, the whole casting couch kind of scenario? 100% true. And all that. So that is really. It, it happened to, it happened to me. Like every time I would get like, involved with a, a different uh a r rep from a different label or something they'd want to have like a, a quiet dinner or something and talk to me and uh you know you show up and there's hardly anybody at the house and uh even when i was younger i went to like a modeling audition and this guy was like super rich you go to his house and he's telling you it's gonna be this big party and stuff and you get there it's like me and five other boys basically teenage boys and he's like, oh, you guys want to go in the pool? And we were like, oh, we didn't bring clothes for that. He's like, oh, don't worry. I already have a whole wardrobe full of swim trunks you could choose. And we're like, this is suspect. And, you know, every, everybody else kind of went in the pool. And, and I was like, uh, I'm going home. I left. So it's happened to me on so many different levels. But because of the music thing, I was really wanted to do music. It was the thing that I was the best at, you know. And... um. Every time that happened, I got more and more disheartened and more and more depressed and anxious that I just was ever going to get out of here and do anything with my life. And I was like, I felt like I was never going to live my purpose. And um, I even had um, record label contracts where in, in fine print on like page 14 of the, the contract, it's you got, you're signing away your image and your, you know, basically your body belongs to this label, right? Wow. So it's very dark. And after that last time with the contract, I had a lawyer um, who doesn't practice anymore because he kind of lost his marbles. He's like, I can't even do this anymore. He, I guess he was living with so much guilt and stuff because he stopped me and he said, hey, listen, Jahan, I really like you and you are a decent human being and this, this world is not for you. I want to show you something. And he pulls out his laptop and he shows me some YouTube videos about the satanic music industry. And he said, you know, you know why all those things have been happening to you all the time when they want to 
get you to do certain things well this is why and he shows me all this like what people would consider conspiracy stuff yeah and he said this is really what goes on and this guy i'm not even afraid to say this guy did a lot of paperwork and stuff for people like rihanna so he's not like he's like no two-bit entertainment lawyer or anything he knew what he was talking about and he was just accustomed handling paperwork of this nature for a while and that opened my eyes and that it made me more depressed you know i tried to kill myself like three times and the third time that i came back i was like jesus christ i can't even kill myself right and um you know when i heard those words leave my mouth that was when i finally got it i realized that i i wasn't just going through this to be a victim of society i was going mm -hmm. through this to do something about it and so that was the defining factor for me so i always had in the back of my head that things were set up in a, a messed up way from the time i was about six years old and it just i saw more and more examples of that in my personal life as i got older and older and that's what brought me to this point even when i got into coaching i realized this is also a part of the cult of psychotherapy and um see my chicken agrees the yeah, cult yeah, of psychotherapy yeah, you, you vocal last time was it it's like it's, it's like it knows you're recording as well isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah um real, man. the cult of psychotherapy uh it has a firm hold on the coaching narrative and so that's why people get locked into doing webinars and um you know unleash the badass within all this garbage that they talk about um you know people think tony robbins is is trying to help him but not really tony robbins is strictly about tony robbins and having billions of dollars <laughs> you know and um mind control kind of looks like that too so people will go from coach to coach and a lot of people who aren't coaches they don't really know how to lead anybody to any level of insight because they haven't done that they've just taken a 25 dollars certification or something or maybe they spent a thousand dollars going in tony robbins seminars but they really don't know the principles the tools the techniques they haven't lived them either to get people to have any shifts and they haven't had any shifts their own in their own life and once i discovered that i, I was even more pissed off because i was like what is not hijacked and the answer to that eventually is nothing everything's hijacked so you have to understand that we are in this global cult of disempowerment and just about everything is designed to keep you stuck in that system and you know there are certain things that you have to do in order to be their definition of a person but then there's other ways that you have to free yourself empower yourself and you get to the point where some things you just well it is what it is for the moment and you have to work with that until you you don't you know mm. so it's very tough to be a person in this world and i've always known that it's a it's a scam i mean i i, I agree with most of what you're saying to, well pretty much all of what you're saying here as well i think because um and those people that know me will always know me as a bit of a gobshite and pardon for swearing but you know <laughs> and i used to i used to get angry with them because i'd be like there's a difference between between being a gobshite and someone stating things that you're not comfortable with them discussing Mm -hmm. um or asking the questions that they like oh, i can't believe you asked that and i, and I would turn around and say well, what do you mean why? why why wouldn't you ask that and, mm -hmm. and i always used to 
And I still do to this day. People mm-hmm. say, oh, you can't say that. It's like, I can say what I want. As long as they're not telling mm-hmm. them to fuck off, I can say what I want. As long as they're not offending them. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just need to be kind of like standing back and go, why have you got such an issue with what I've just said? Um, and, and, and I kind of felt alienated in that regard. And then as, as a result of that, I got, got tarnished with this brush of, um, you're so aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was only when I actually did smack somebody uh, once who justifiably deserved it, unfortunately no longer with us, but that's the story for another time. Um, the, the people that witnessed it were like, I've, I realised now I've never actually seen you mad because then you were mad. And I was like, I've been telling you this shit for years. Um, but, but you know, people put you in this box. Um, oh, he's just aggressive. He's loud. He's this. And it's like you're hearing, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. Um, so I, I definitely would agree with that. And I wonder if that... I'm they don't like sure. anybody that questions society. They don't like people who can think for themselves. And every yeah. attempt is designed to hijack your subconscious so that you don't ever question any narrative. You don't question your parents. You don't do anything. It's, it's like the whole alpha male thing, isn't it? It's like, it, it, you know, now it's, it's you know, oh, you're such an alpha male. And you're like, well, yeah, because somebody needs to be a little bit because, you know, the way they, they're, they're <clears> kind of doing it at the moment, they want everybody to, they want the alpha male and I'm not talking about the jocks that go around, you know, getting their dicks out and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, from an alpha male perspective, he's like, you know, confident, happy to lead and all that kind of stuff. You know, they don't want people like that, like you say, because if um, we've all been bred, it feels like. Like even now in Britain, somebody's waiting for that one person to stand up. And you're like, you need to stand up instead of yeah. just waiting for this one person to stand up. Um, so, man, it's great. It's great stuff. Okay, so, so how... Okay, so for the last two years, and knowing what you know, what knowing what you know coming into this, was it so glaringly obvious what they were trying to do? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, I, that's what you know. I really only started speaking out and getting on podcasts and stuff because of this. I was quite happy just going about my own life, um, you know, playing my guitar and doing my work with my clients and stuff like that. But I, this, is, this is all stuff that I tell people when they work with me anyway, because when you come to work with me, we've got to take an inventory of all your bad habits, all the things you do that keep you plugged into the system. And caffeine is one of the big ones, because what happens is that in the medical and you know this better than I do, probably medical community, it's another order following cult and 96 percent maybe if that little <laughs> of the things that we know about science, so to speak, is all paid for. It's all bought by the people who want to sell you something. And so caffeine is one of the highest lobbied chemicals out there. And they convince you of a story about how it'll wake you up in the morning. You'll feel real good about it. You'll enjoy doing everything that you do, but it actually has the opposite effect of all those things. And so there's brain scans that you can look at and see that when you consume caffeine within 10 minutes, the brain activity of your brain does like this closes in on itself and very little of the gray matter is activated. Wow. So even though you're thinking and you're still doing things and you think you're having a normal life, you're actually on empty. So it's the opposite effect. And I, what I found is that people who really want to make a change in their life on a deep level cannot get very far. They will, ultimately drop out and they will go off course because of things like alcohol and caffeine yeah so i i I try to get people to to limit their contact with that and 
it, it affects their ability to follow through with a lot of things as well. There's a, you see a lot of people that have meltdowns and stuff, and they're like, I can't do this thing. And it's when when I lead them through through conversation or whatever it is, it's it's the caffeine factor or it's something else that they're putting into their body that is limiting their ability to change in a drastic way. People ultimately go right back to the way that they were before and or or they move very, very slowly when it comes to change. But change doesn't have to be something that we suffer through. And that's another narrative that's sold to us kind of like in the personal development world or you got to suffer to grow or things like that. You know, people like David Goggins, they mean well. And he's a beast. He's tamed his own demons when it comes to getting things done. But unfortunately, other people don't know how to do the things they don't know how to do. And so they need to, to, to be spoon-fed and explained to every tiny little detail. And they need to be made aware of all the things that are used against us to keep us small, you know? Mm. So there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into this. It's not just, oh, everything is mind control. It's way deeper than that. Way, way deeper than that. So do you think it's all, I mean, like, I, I, I'm, you know, all, all into this, all singing, all dancing. I mean, I'm, it's it's trying to figure out the reasons why. I mean, can you, can you tell us? I mean, I know you say it's quite deep, but let's go balls deep, mate. Let's, let's you know, why let's get banned all right so, balls deep and the little ball hair that's hanging off the end all right let's go do it <clears throat> so yeah what's the question so basically but sorry mate so basically why why are we uh, uh why are we under such mind control in theory because human beings are extremely powerful extremely powerful if you've ever seen one of those or heard one of those stories of a mother they're in a car crash and the baby's thrown out of the vehicle and pinned under the vehicle or something like that and she can summon the strength to lift that car that tells you how powerful we are mm. you know they wave things like superheroes in front of us to remind us that we are capable of that but then they also use them as distractions to stop us from actually doing that so it's it's a double-edged weapon you know people think they're enjoying themselves when they're watching the latest batman movie but in one of the latest ones what does he do he takes a bomb off of his belt that looks like a spike protein and hands it to the to the guy i think is what is his name joseph gordon leave it is, is that the actor's name i've not seen the new guy batman. that was yeah, the guy that was playing the commissioner in that particular movie. And mm. uh, Marvel movies and stuff are also used as programming mechanisms because yeah, there's a video of mine on BitChute where I put together a few things that show you in one of the movies, uh, Chris Evans, Captain America. Um, it's him and Samuel L. Jackson's character. I don't know the names of these things because I don't watch TV. Nick Fury, Captain Fury, yeah yeah and uh they slow down they're like in Times square or something and they slow if you slow down that image you see behind him on the billboard there's a spike protein on one side and then there's a doctor and masks on the other side and so the subconscious mind being a programming and scanning device is picking up all of that stuff ahead of time so the reason why they want to do this is because they know that we have something inside of us that is greater than any circumstance that we find ourselves in 
But if we can think critically, then we're unstoppable. As long as we can figure out how to take control of our minds, we're unstoppable. Yeah. And they don't want that because everybody would actually be living in peace and harmony. It's not that there wouldn't be no conflicts, but people would get along more often than not. And people yeah. would be able to create more than what we have. Civilization would be way more advanced. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just want to say this, like the 10 most popular mind control devices or quite frankly, weapons against our abilities would be vaccines, coffee or caffeine products, alcohol, pharmaceuticals, uh, sugar. Um, it's also wheat, dairy, fluoride, cigarettes, uh, processed foods, GMOs, and like EMF radiation, and now chemtrails. So there's mm -hmm. a, it's an all-out attack. And TV is one of the the things that uh, well, screens in general are used. You know, it's the modern day billboard, except we got we walk around with them in our pockets. Yeah. And remember, I explained to you before that we're changing brainwave states throughout the day, whether we like it or not, because the subconscious mind has to do all of this processing and the for the conscious mind to do it, it would be really traumatic. And if the subconscious mind wasn't able to process all this information and if the brain didn't naturally go through these brainwave states daily we would be walking around with our eyes rolling back in our heads having a series of mini strokes all day long because it would be so much you know hmm. anybody who's ever seen uh, an, ep an epileptic person having an episode that's not pretty and that's exactly what it would look like if we didn't have this built-in function so it's used against us so when did it all start do you think when did it all start yeah oh man from the beginning of time because this has happened before if you study the ancient civilizations you realize that they all fell in the exact same way pretty much everything that is happening now happened before it's always the same thing medical crisis plague uh sexual ideologies um what else poor health war famine and so it's all the same playbook over and over again and as we get more things people say and try to say you know it's not true society is evolving blah 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 <laughs> sorry folks a little covid of you asshole <laughs> you know evolved. no we ain't evolved nowhere I, I, I read something a while ago that uh, it was a uh economist an english economist i think and he said, if you look back through history, just before there's a massive change in civilization or civilization collapse, they always focus on sexual ideologies for some reason. And that's exactly what's happening now with the the the, the trans kind of movement and the, the minor attracted person and all this kind of weird shit that they're trying to make us think is okay, which isn't. Um, and do you remember okay. what I said before? Like I try to... I try to tell stories and leave little trails for me to ask questions because that's how you get people critically thinking in an interview. Yes. So when I say, do you remember what I said before? I'm also talking to the listeners. When I, do you remember yeah, what no, I said before about uh, the subconscious being responsible for sexual ideologies and, and your, your, your deepest impulses and stuff like that? Well, there's a really good reason for that. And, you know, it's not the 
the gay frog theory <laughs> i was <laughs> laughing about that with you when we spoke earlier yeah um it's manipulation right because we have all of our basic urges which are kept inside of the subconscious faculty so um really what i really want to say is that we know exactly what we're supposed to do and nature makes no mistakes but if you can ply people with bad food and bad ideas about themselves you can break their psyche and um essentially there is this thing that happens inside of the cells where the cells carry all of the information that we need to regenerate more cells and also carry out certain behaviors. And so the people who herd us like sheep on the human farm, they all know this better than anybody else. And what they're trying to do is tap into your limbic system at all times to get you to be in a state of confusion. Because confusion is how you induce hypnosis the fastest. And yeah. so when you have people who don't know who they are as pure consciousness in a vessel that is hardwired to be the most complex and effective tool for the expression of consciousness like i think that you know i'm not asking anybody to believe in ets or anything like that but if let's just say we could play with that idea for a second and say that there are they would are probably very aware of the fact that humans are, are dangerous just by nature of having this body so this body can do so much and it can go through so much and so when you can get somebody outside of their sovereignty outside of their power and you can take over their ideas of self and specifically speaking about the trans thing all of our sexual urges are extremely hardwired into the dna and so unfortunately we're gonna you know make a lot of enemies with this but things like being gay and stuff like that i have no problem with anybody that's gay i got a lot of friends that are like that and we just kind of accept that we're not going to agree on this because i know things that they don't want to understand all of that stuff is a part of the hijacking of consciousness from very early it's something you get exposed to and it it confuses you and that's why disney movies and all these things are very destructive because they put all the sub subliminal stuff and words and different hypnotic commands and different things in the language are put in there to confuse the child from a very early age and when you can break someone sexually you can break them down to the very core and you can put any information in there about them that you want and then you can make them be completely convinced that they're living a life of empowerment when they're really not then you can make them be convinced that they're choosing something when they're really not and it's unfortunate because nature does not make any mistakes doesn't make any mistakes whatsoever and you know i can already hear some people screaming at me saying well certain animals do this and certain animals do that but human beings are not animals there's a reason why animals are animals and human beings are human beings <laughs> yeah 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 no 100 i mean i've always been on the mindset that you're kind of born gay uh you know because you can usually tell some of the younger people are gay before they realize they're gay um but you know it's, mm -hmm. it's it, i i think it's a, a loaded gun there with that one because um 
if you're talking to somebody sells, you don't have to talk to them, right? You don't have to ask yeah. them for permission. And that's what, you know, that's what programming is all about in, in a lot of ways. And, um, I remember one of the things that really got me thinking about this was I, I grew up with a guy and he was like alpha male, like strapping guy like us, you know, say something wrong, talk shit, get hit. And then one day he decided that he was gay out of the clear blue. And the instant that he decided that he was gay, started walking with a limp, flailing his arms off to the side, you know, squeezing his butt cheeks together. He had all the mannerisms of a woman. And I was like, that's hypnosis. Yeah. I mean, you it's know. definitely more prominent nowadays. I, I see it a lot. I mean, I've got a, a young lad who's five and um, I, I get enraged with the stuff that I see sometimes. And unfortunately, we, we do watch some Disney stuff because I don't want to sabotage him yet, if you know what I mean, in regards, you know, he's five, man. I've got to let him still experience those sort of things. But I get, I get what you're saying, but I see a lot more stuff now in, in the newer stuff uh than i did yeah. when i was younger um, yeah you know and so and i do feel for the kids now because uh they, they, they're almost like they've stepped it up a little bit now and they're being attacked a lot more um yeah especially in the states um, the attack is always on the kids yeah and, i know uh, well yeah because yeah they're easiest they're easy and they rely on parents uh being not lazy parenting but it's it's tough man with do you have any kids yourself I have not done that yet, sir. Okay. I've managed to stay away from that one. And, and, ah. and there's a reason for that, too, as well, because I always kind of felt deep down in the kind of work that I was going to have to do in this life, whether it was being a touring musician or this, that mm -hmm. I want to be with my kids when I have them. I don't want to be all over the place and not be attentive with them because I know what's going on out there. And I yeah. knew the ways that I was corrupted as a child, right? And I saw yeah. other people take different paths and stuff like that, and I knew that there was things that, traumatized them and affected them to where they chose certain things that were bad for them hmm. and i'm actually going to jump in here and explain something to people because this is very relevant everybody needs to know this like i was saying before we have receptors in our body for every cell and so from the time you're conceived and even in the womb up to whatever age you're at right now listening to this you've been receiving programming and it's stored in these cells and so these receptors are expecting certain information of a particular quality and quantity and within a certain context to be connected to or communicated to these cells. So it's a back and forth between everything in your subconscious, your cells, and your, your whole body's responding in a, a play of this. And um, apart from communicating in that way, they're also taking in nutritional information and hormonal information. Now, I've said that before. So... Um, that's, I've said that before because subconscious loves repetition. I'm trying to program your, your audience into getting these ideas over and over. So it's something that they think about, even if it's under the surface to understand that when we get hijacked, these cells or these receptors, I should say, are releasing chemicals and other information to, to be transmitted to them, to bind to them. And that's very important to the cells functioning well. So it's not something that you can just stop from happening. It's a natural process. And when we experience certain emotions, even on a micro level, because, you know, you might be a little kid watching a Disney movie. And you might not know what any of that means. But on a micro level, it's something's happening inside of you. And, you know, you're taking in information of a certain quality that but your receptors are getting trained with certain behaviors. And... um. 
you know, let's use the easy example that I love to use. When you grew up in a household and one of your family members was an alcoholic or he was depressed or anxious, then there's a good chance that you have receptors that were trained and pretty much created to fire off alcoholism, depression, or anxiety at some point in your life. And if you don't experience something like that throughout your entire life, eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get depressed or anxious anyway because they're going to fire off this information and you're not going to understand what's happening. And that's the reason why a lot of people feel down and out and they don't know why they do. And then they go to a doctor who tells you the biggest lie that's ever existed, that it's a chemical imbalance, but there's no evidence of that anywhere. And when you ask them, they get really upset. How dare you question my authority? I say it's this way and you should listen to me. But anybody that has that reaction isn't telling you the truth, right? Mm. So all of these instructions can get hardwired into your cells. And emotion is the hardwiring process because emotion is all chemical and the body is a chemical device. So when kids are watching things and they don't understand what's going on, well, there's two things that are happening there. Um, but the, the first main thing we need to understand from this point is that if there's chemicals over 500 plus in the water, what is that doing to us on a cellular level? Well, the cell receptors can't get the correct information that's already hardwired into our DNA. And so we make certain choices and we think that we are actually consciously choosing behaviors. And that's why some people are so convinced that their sexuality is the way that it is, especially we see in, in the trans movement and stuff like that, right? It's, yeah. So, you know, we have those chemicals like atrazine and, and all of that in the water. Well, we're all being exposed to that. And so the level to which your cells are agitated and activated by that chemical in the bloodstream and in the cells, you're, you're confused. So if a cell is confused, ultimately your thinking process is confused. Your subconscious process is confused. And now you don't know fiction from reality. You don't know your the dna programming from the programming of the external so that's why people say you're a dangerous man jahan sator you shouldn't say those things those things aren't true but i'm out here giving you you know things that you can go and check for yourself it took years of studying science the science and other science as well to understand that there's a lot more happening in the body and in the mind than what we will ever be told because if we do know those things, we can break free and then we'd actually be happy. Right. <laughs> well, this is, I was just going to ask you, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Two questions. Really? The first one, well, it's more of a statement than anything. It seems like a lot of effort that they're going through, you know, to kind of program us and, you know, uh, to, 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 to what appears to be no gain. Isn't um, it? And <laughs> leads me to the next question is is why i know you said because we're you know we're capable of extraordinary things as human beings but but why are they so bothered about that is it is it purely down to corporations and wanting to be in control and money or is there you know something a little bit more deeper than that because these beings they're beings they aren't all human and that's a reality that we all need to get accustomed to there are billions of different beings that exist and there are multiple universes it's not just us it's a whole wide spectrum of things and they've been chased away from other planets and basically <laughs> the earth is where their new stomping ground and so they can 
use us for whatever it is they want to get, which is energy. It's not about money. They print money. It's not about money. It's about energy. Energy is the only currency in the universe. And there's a universal law of free will in every every universe that is respected. And it's kind of like, you know, anybody that's ever had like a, a ghost in their house and you say, go away, it goes away. It has to, it has to respect free will. It has to respect you when you say that. And so if we all found out or we knew from birth that everything was a lie, they would never get any energetic supply. They need to feed on that. And that's why we're seeing such a surge in things like abortions and stuff like that, because there is a tremendous amount of dark energy that these people feed on that they need to get from the harvesting of souls. That's what they do. They harvest our soul's energy. And human beings only have about one third of their soul's energy inside the body because to carry that much energy in the flesh, it, it would burst apart. And two thirds of our soul's energy is actually out in the ether. And we can bring in more of this as we go along. But what happens is that we have to go through thousands of years of evolution mentally, spiritually, for the cellular makeup of the body to expand and evolve to harness that much energy in it. And so that's why they keep us suppressed because they know that if we ever got to that point, their race would not exist. And I know that sounds really far-fetched to a lot of people out there listening, but it, you know, you have to go all the way deep into this. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've done, uh, there's a few people that I follow that talk about the ether a lot uh and the woo which is kind of more the woo is is sort of everything that you cannot see that you know is there but you cannot see it uh it's sort of thing like you know you say to a fish you know be careful of the water and the fish is like what water kind of thing you know whereas for us looking out on the inside you know all we see is the water um so yeah there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be kind of rolling their eyes to some of this sort of stuff which i fully appreciate but um i i've i've, I've I've heard this sort of stuff and they, they, they prefer negative energy, like you say, which is why they try and keep us in this perpetual state of, I mean, are people honestly genuinely happy, you know, with, with everything, you know I mean? When they, when you look at things, I've always looked at us as they've got us to be sort of willing slaves. We're happily, we're happy to go to work to pay for the things that we've got, but are we really do we really, you know, then that's where the ego comes in then with, with wanting you to have the expensive car, which you're then going to go work for, you know, they've kind of, it, but it still produces that negative energy or we're not truly as happy as we could be. Uh, and, and I kind of agree with you there. And I've always thought, um, surely if there is a God or, you know, an, an all purpose being that's created us from whatever, have they really wanted us to go to work every day for eight hours a day, sometimes 12 hours a day, Monday to Friday to have only two weeks off a year to then go on holiday and get rid? You know, is that what they really wanted for us? Is that life? You know, is that, is that it? And I've always, been, I've always thought, no, that can't, that cannot be it. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And that's always been a struggle for me to, to get my head around the fact that no matter who made us, surely now this is not what they want for us because the way things are, this is it now till we're 60 65 you know and then our parents nothing's changed for them their parents nothing changed for them we're still in that hamster wheel only the cost of living has gone up and the stuff that we want to buy has changed um but everything is still the same so i i don't i, I agree with what you're saying i know people are going to have a hard time <laughs> certain parts of it but if you really were honest about about your life and everything else you know you think to yourself i could be so much happier 
uh, if I didn't have all this shit in my head uh, or in my life that was distracting me from actually wanting to concentrate and do what I want to do that makes me happy. Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, how are you doing and stuff? You know, that's something that we've been trained into as a, a behavior to ask other people how, how you're doing. And then when you say that you're fantastic, it's almost like other people don't believe you. Yeah. And, and um, you know, when you reach a, a certain level of peace and joy inside yourself, then, <laughs> man, it's difficult to... Um, it's difficult to identify with suffering in the same way. You know, you just kind of realize that there's problems you got to solve. Yeah. And um, most people really are not happy because most people aren't able to see beyond the programming. Yeah. They're not able to. They're not able to tap into their natural ability to self-regulate self-govern and you know go on to be a leader in their own lives and you know, that's all that's all i can really say about it in a general context i think that with all the stuff that feels good around us that's really bad for us that's how they get us you know haven't you noticed that like all the stuff that's that's really really shitty is made to be fun or it's you know there's paid scientific research that says that it's good for us or something like that like one idiot was even saying eight cups of coffee is really great for you it's like man are you trying to kill this person's adrenals mm. like it's two weeks of drinking eight cups of coffee you'll be so fucked <laughs> yeah no i i agree with what you're saying there because it seems to be having worked in healthcare for for a fair while um there are patients that I go to see and you try and give them encouragement and try and say, just try and do this and just try and do that. And they'll always come up with a reason why they can't do that. And I always have to say to them, look, if you're going to convince yourself that you can't do it before you even do it, you're never going to, you're never going to get out of this rut. Uh, and it's almost like they know that, but they don't want to get out of the rut either. Uh, and, and you just have to not wash your hands of them, but you're like, well, look, if you're not going to do it, then, that's There's fine. nothing I can do for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And it's surprising how many people want to stay in that uh, mindset. Uh, and, and you think to yourself, if you would just, and, and it just seems to be the correlation between people who have negative thinking are usually the most unwell. And then you could always argue, well, it's because they're unwell that's making them be negative. Uh, and then, but then you could also spin it on its head and say, well, they may not be as unwell if they had a positive way of thinking as well. But it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because they probably don't even realize that um that, that you know that's that's the case but you always yeah you always make it so easy don't we it's like i'll oh, just do this and just do that and they look at it as if to say oh you make it sound so easy and you're a bit like well it, it kind of is kind of is yeah you just <laughs> fucking do it yeah but you know uh, <laughs> i can't always means i won't that's yeah. the one thing i found in this in this work i mm. can't means i won't and i usually say okay well if you will not do this thing then what would you have me do or what would you have me say in order to help you? And that usually confuses them. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, yeah. you just told me that you're not going to do the solution to the problem. So how badly do you actually want to solve the problem? This, 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 this is my argument to an extent. You, you've got to get them to think about that. You've got to get them to break through that first barrier where they're like, 
okay, so it's me that's the cause of my problems. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and, and you're hundred percent right, mate. You you are because you want to. It is a mindset. It is a mindset, and I, I I don't know. It seems to be like you say. I, I and and my wife will vouch for this. My wife is a similar sort of character as well. We'll we'll always try and make sure everyone else is okay. You know. Uh, not not bending over backwards but then you know i'll be the first one to ring someone up and be like you're all right and you know you'll always want to listen to them and what you find is it's never reciprocated people will take your energy and take you listening to them and being there for them and they'll suck that out of you and they'll keep it and then when you want it some when you want some back because you've given all yours out no 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 they, they won't they won't listen to you or, they, or they'll listen to you for 30 seconds and then they go right let's talk about me uh and so i always find that that the energy that we that, that that I give out is not matched by the energy I receive. If you know what I mean, I always seem to be giving more from an energy level, and I like to think of it as energy because uh, you know I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, but I'm kind of an awesome person, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I radiate niceness. No, I'm only joking. But you know, if if you've got a presence around you, which I know I have sometimes, and that's a good and a bad thing, uh, people will suck that out of you and take that energy from you. Uh, and then when you're feeling a bit fatigued for, and I've noticed this, especially recently doing this and, and talking to people as well, I'm a lot more mentally fatigued than I used to be because it seems like I'm doing so much um, to get the message out, editing, talking to people on and off air and, you know, and all the other bits and well at working and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, you, you sometimes sit there and think, oh, why am I doing this? Because I don't seem to be getting anything from it. But then I'll get a message from someone that says, I really like what you're doing you know and keep going and and so then you get a tiny little bit back so it seems like we only need a tiny bit of positive energy to make us be able to last for days and weeks um but but that but then people will take our energy in vast amounts to make themselves feel better but it never seems to be enough yeah energy is a serious thing and every everywhere we go we kind of leave bits and pieces of our energy with us and um because we are these spiritual beings inside of a body we have to learn to manage that energy and so a lot of people when they come to me they don't understand how to do that and one of the main ways that i teach people to do that to tap back into that is by mastering the breath um so many people breathe incorrectly and um, when I say that, they're lung breathers. You know, the allopathic narrative tells you the lungs are the organ for breathing. They don't just want to tell you the truth. It'll be it would take it would be too much for them to take five minutes to explain that diaphragm pushes up underneath the lungs and expands them. <laughs> right? It just yeah. it'd be too much trouble for some reason. And so the first time that somebody gets into difficulty when they're a kid, or maybe a parent has a panic attack or something. And they notice breathing patterns. And so we get trained out of how we breathe as babies, which is that very long, very slow breathing. And so breathing is directly correlated to our sense of safety. It's linked to metabolism. It's linked to the amount of vital energy that we have access to and a bunch of other things. But mainly mental clarity, it can be depleted very quickly when we're not on the breath all the time and it's interesting because it's the main thing that we do all day long but yet most of us don't do it correctly and so i usually take people through a, a course of working on that first because what happens is that the mind will race it's trying to help you assess a situation and find 
as much information about stuff as it possibly can so that you can critically think and solve your problems. But when you breathe correctly, you will experience this phenomenon where the speed at which your mind shows you things slows down. But then also because the brain likes to put information into packets, it will reorganize those packets of information in terms of which thing is most important, which is the biggest, which is the smallest. So it just kind of rearranges things. And then you can use your breathing to pull more energy towards you. Essentially, you're not you're not um, using all that mental energy because, as you know, the brain in itself uses the majority of energy from the food you eat to do everything it has to do. So when you feel mentally fatigued, you got to take a few minutes and make sure, okay, am I breathing correctly? Do I need to close my eyes for five minutes and focus on just the breath and let everything slow down, rearrange itself in what I like to call order of most pressing issue, and then you deal with that. And also, like, we're not taught in schools how to question the quality of our thoughts or to question what's being said. So I teach a lot of that as well to people because if you're in a, like, you know this, you're in a, a field where when you're on call, you're on the go. And so you kind of have to think for yourself and everybody around you. That's a tremendous amount of burden on the brain, especially since I told you the conscious mind can only take in 140 bits. So on a subconscious level, you're trying to make sense of stuff, but all that's happening in real time. And so you got all of these programs of how to deal with this situation firing off all at once. And it's competing for all your energy and all your time, you know, even as parents to give an example that people can more easily relate to. You're dealing with a lot of stuff like that, a lot of situations like that. And so, becoming more aware of your you know how you take control of your physical vessel is key or you you have those burnout moments you know yeah yeah and i think subconscious i, I agree with what you're saying here and one thing i've learned about myself and i don't mean to keep making this all about myself but this whole podcast and speaking to all these different people and, and the last couple of years has been a journey in itself but i've kind of been doing some of that stuff by accident anyway without realizing it um but but now i'm consciously trying to, to do stuff uh, you know i used to be a lung breather as well um and as, as wing chun as you know the first form cinnamon tower is, is called the little idea and and it seems you know it's quite basic movements that you're doing but it's more focusing on the breathing um and it's a form of meditation in itself which i you know didn't realize you can really get into the breathing whilst you're doing the movements and and it becomes a completely different form then um I'm glad you said that because that's something that scares people. They think that if they are focusing on their breathing, that it'll somehow impair the rest of their movement, but it's not, it's not no. going to do that. No, no. Especially if you've been doing the movement, you know, that, that, that many times it's almost subconsciously doing itself. Um, especially with the first form in Wing Chun, it's not about power anyway. It's about breathing and doing the, the, the movement in the right way. Um, and it's a really good thing to kind of get you warmed up for training. Um, but I just used to breathe, but now when I do, I try and breathe for my tummy, um, you know, uh, obviously for, for the diaphragm. But, but one thing I will say is it's hard to do that all the time because you've got to kind of consciously think about doing it. So as soon as you think about something else, your brain goes back to breathing, how it remembers. How to yeah. Breathe. And uh, the thing I tell people about that is not to get into self-judgment when it happens. Just recorrect, really feel it. Because, mm -hmm. again, subconscious mind loves repetition. 
And the more you repeat that, you'll roll over at night when you're sleeping or something, realize you, you're breathing shallowly and you just take a few breaths and then you go back off to sleep. I encourage people to do that before they go to bed anyways, as they're laying in bed, just focus on the breath, focus on gratitude and give the mind something positive to do and give the body something relaxing to do and you'll fall off to sleep guaranteed mm. you know yeah you're the second person that i know that's mentioned about the whole gratitude thing as well and i think it was sarah sarah uh, dawkins was talking about uh walking meditation um yeah. and just that's being, funny <laughs> yeah i actually um, just got a message from sarah so yeah that's funny wow really oh, yeah she, spooky um but she she was brilliant i mean i really enjoyed talking to her anyway because i think coming from a medicine perspective where it's all textbook and this this information has been handed down and it's just you know crystallized and this is it um that, that that's always bugged me because i always think nah man we, we, we're better than that there must be something else i always think to myself what did they do before big pharma you know what did they use and everything cared about people <laughs> well this is the thing isn't it you know that there was a remedy there was a plant most of the big pharma medications people don't realize or some do but they're synthesized versions of the plant um version of it with other mm -hmm. bits and pieces put in it so there's a lot of stuff that was already put on the planet that makes us better anyway um and it seems to be you know the the, the, the turning of the century when they turned against the holistic medicine and started calling them quacks and everything else you know um but the meditation thing you know i'm not very good at meditating um well i could be if i wanted to but i find it difficult just to switch my brain off so the walking meditation was quite good and just trying to be grateful and aware and and i think it's just letting people know that because there's this whole stigma around meditation isn't there that it's like you know if you can do it you can do it and if you don't it's like it seems to be like a big club um no. for me, moment, it's just sometimes having five minutes to just sit and do that anyway because when i get five minutes i'm either asleep or doing something i want to do um so it's, it's very very difficult um but um, but the gratitude thing, I think, you know, that there doesn't seem to be much we can be grateful for at the moment. But I think people need to rein it in a little bit and realize, you know, there's health, there's a family, you know. Hey, have you got a big toe? I'm grateful for my big toe. Like, <laughs> that's what that's how it starts. Yeah. You know, because let's think about it. If you don't have thumbs, you can't open doors. If you don't have a big toe. You're, you'll be off balance. You'll be falling over all the time. So, you know, anything you can find, you know, I'm grateful for the chair I'm sitting on because you need to hardwire the brain for gratitude. It's not something that the brain is um, wired for. People say, well, you shouldn't judge and you shouldn't do this. And you shouldn't do that. But, you know, not only are you judging someone when you say you shouldn't judge, which makes you the asshole, but the brain works on bias, right? the brain is operating on judgment it has to judge situations to keep you safe and help you find solutions so you can't just not judge when they say don't judge people what they mean to do is to have compassion and try to understand to lead with understanding first even if the person is wrong right and so i need to yeah. put that out there because it's totally fine to have thoughts the goal of meditation is not to have no mind that's mm. Buddhist philosophy, which is a cult. Sorry to say it. But uh, meditation is a, is a part of the way the technology of the body is designed to work. And I teach mindfulness, which means you allow everything to come up so you can pick and choose what is most important to you at the time. And you question that and you 
extract information from that. And so that's how you have these mini moments throughout your day where you grow daily. Growth doesn't have to come from reading a book or watching some seminar or something like that. You can learn every single day by self-reflecting. And so that to me, there's two things that are the best meditations. One is sleep and the other is self-reflection with gratitude involved. Yeah. Uh, it's um, it's funny, isn't it? Because I didn't realize sleep was such a big issue for many people. I've never really had a problem with sleep. I've been quite fortunate. I, I, I'm all right. But I know lots of people, my mother included, she she struggles to sleep all the way through the night. Um, so it's, 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 it's interesting that you say that. It's almost like they've overcomplicated the whole aspect of meditation and all that on purpose as well to make you then just think, oh, it's it's too complicated. It's too difficult. I just won't even bother attempting to do it. But we all sleep. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's by design or if that's just people's willingness to to want, you know, the, the thing about wanting more for people than what they want for themselves. Like, getting to the, the state of no mind, well, that's all great and stuff like that. But no insight has really come from that ever for me in, in a decade of doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always come from questioning why i do certain things and what i get from those things and what you know what other people's intentions could be which then leads to another important factor in that if you see if you feel like you've been hard done by somebody reflect on it and then ask them questions because you're never going to know somebody's intentions until you ask them mm. you know we put ourselves through so much pain on a daily basis assuming that other people are out to get us or they're you know they're assholes they're stupid the world is an evil place and stuff like that. The world inherently is an evil place. There's evil people who trick us into doing their agenda, to doing their dirty work for them. Yeah. But human beings are not like that by default. No, I've never thought that. I've never thought that either. When you look at babies, they're, they're more kind of like kind, kinder and like good, if you will. If, if you know, the uh, the evil side of things is kind of like learned behavior, isn't it? I think, you know, they're not born racist. They're not born homophobes. They're not born this. They're, they're just born as, you know, they don't see color and all that kind of stuff. So, um, mate, this has been brilliant. Huh? I really, I, I got a funny <laughs> feeling. I could speak to you for for, 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 for ages and ages. Um, so I've got, I haven't really got any other questions that you'll be able to answer in about five minutes flat anyway. So, I'm conscious of the time. <laughs> but, so, I'm, but I'm curious as to what the questions are. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I know, right? Well, I'll, I'll have to get you on, to be honest with you, so we can pick a topic and delve into it deeper because I get the feeling that you're just skimming across a lot of these topics just to whet our appetite because um, this is this is pretty heavy stuff for certain people, I think. You have to be – a lot of it is being able to be honest with yourself as well, isn't it? Accept your criticisms. I've been told throughout my life lots of things that that, that people don't like about me. Um, and I've had to reflect a lot and write reflections down uh, and, and this, that and the other. So I've had, a, I've had a long history of people telling me my my faults and flaws and me never being able to tell them theirs. Um, and I don't know over time whether that's just made me a little bit more accepting of it or, or you know, I don't know. But it, it angers me sometimes because I just think, you know, the people that usually critique you, there's a plethora of things you could say about them that you just don't bother with. Um, because you just think I'm not here to make you feel bad, but I don't know. I also think as well, it makes people who are in positions like that, make them feel better about themselves when they kind of, you know, take a stripe at you. Yeah. Um, but so if you, if you could 
give any of our listeners a uh, at the moment a bit of a thing to go away and think about or any advice what's uh what sort of parting message would you give uh, give our guys and girls what would i tell people to think about oh boy there's so much stuff i could tell you about this but i think the most important thing is to ask yourself why do you do the things that you do what is throughout the day just do this as a little homework assignment what is the reward for my behavior when i do this thing what is the reward for my behavior when i think this thing what do i get out of this because you will come to find that there's so much that you do or that you agree with that you actually don't agree with that <laughs> you know you shouldn't do it that you know there's something up with it and you, we are only going to see a better world for our kids when we take charge and become authorities in our own lives but it doesn't happen overnight and um i explained that there's a psychologist called Ulrich Nieser and he's one of the founding fathers of cognitive psychology and he says that there's five stages of self-awareness it's the first one is the ecological self which is the awareness of your internal and external stimuli and that ties in with human beings being products of their environment so you have to become aware of that second thing is the interpersonal self is being aware of how you are interacting with others and so how you interact with others is largely determined on you and not the the other person person in actuality and then there's the third which is the extended self which is your ability to be aware of past or future events everything that we do in our lives in our especially in our thinking is based on what we think about the past or what we think about the future we try to piece together things in the present moment based on what we know about the past and we try to project ourselves into the future based on what we know about the past or what's happening right now so we have to be in control of the extended self as well and then there's the private self which is how aware you are of your thoughts your emotions and intentions and like i said we don't know other people's intentions so we need to learn to become clear about why we do the things that we do why we think the things that we think why we feel the way that we do about things and the last level is the conceptual self which is being aware that you are aware and detaching from your views about yourself and the world around you so i would tell everybody to get familiar with those five levels play with them and your life is going to change yeah I, I i i agree with you 100% mate i think it's we've always had the, the, the power anyway since all of this started anyway we've just created these bubbles and everybody just wants to keep their own little things safe um you know which i understand but they think that they've got to sacrifice that for for other things to happen and i i, I think you know they've done a very good job in um creating the society that that they've created um I, I just find it interesting how we've not really consciously progressed for nearly 100 years if you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh you know i know that they there's you know the the level of consciousness and, and all this kind of stuff but i mean we still think the same sort of things our grandparents think it's it's just this things the the yep. material things that have changed if that makes sense so uh, 
there's got to be a reason for that, I, I think anyway. But I don't tend to talk too much about that sort of stuff because I don't really have anybody I can talk to on that level. Um, <laughs> apart from my wife, obviously. Um, so it's so it's 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 quite interesting. So um can you tell our listeners um where they can find you and, and, and details about the kind of coaching that you do, mate, please? So when you say details, what specifically do you mean? Like you want me to tell them exactly what I can do? Because basically a large part of what I do is yeah, I, I do it all when it comes to different categories of things. Like I do health and nutrition. I do the breath mastery. I do uh, some clients will need more neuro-linguistic programming type coaching because everything that we do or everything that we think is basically just a prison of words that we lock ourselves in. And it's hard to break those patterns. So I usually use the NLP and cognitive behavioral therapy based frameworks in coaching sessions as well to get people to change their relationship to their thoughts. And once you change the, the quality of your thinking, your entire life gets better as we know that. And then if somebody wants to learn mindfulness, they can come to me for that. If they just want to learn how to meditate. They can come to me for that. If they really want to, you know, stop eating four peanut butter sandwiches at three o'clock in the morning, they can come to me for that. You know, all of that self-sabotage. A lot of the reasons why we don't do the things that we want to do is self-sabotage. And um, a lot of the beliefs and stuff I work with, there's people out there that they always have a story. I am not enough somehow or mm. I am not safe somehow. And therefore, they can't break those programs. And so I work with a lot of that. Also do relationship coaching and um, some people just feel like you need somebody to talk to. So I do talk therapy as well. Mm. And uh, to, to say all of the, the tougher stuff, it's like I work with a lot of people on changing internal dialogue, teach them how to clear, clear like harsh memories away, how to delete useless emotions and garbage from the subconscious mind. And, you know, it's 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 uh a lot easier to say that than it is to experience that so they would have to come to me and you can just get me on instagram at jahan satour it's j-e-h-a-n-s-a-t-t-a-u-r or send me an email at jahan t-w satour at gmail.com j-e-h-a-n-t-w-s-a-t-t-a-u-r uh i prefer those two methods because since I've been saying all this stuff, <laughs> I've been having a hell of a time keeping my website online. Like every couple of weeks I get hit and I have to get a web developer or, you know, get WordPress or somebody to intervene and put my stuff back online. So it might be a little bit more difficult to contact me through the website than it is just to email me directly or direct message me. You can also get me on Telegram at t.me slash the boundless authenticity podcast sweet you know i'm finding it with so many people that are trying to tell the truth how hard it is for them to tell the truth and how, how hard they make it you know and, and, and it's it's i've always had that you know the way out of this has always been mass non-compliance especially uh -huh. over the last two years and i've always said this if we were to down tools tomorrow everybody you know they'd soon you know do what we were asking them to do which isn't anything unreasonable but we've mm. just been so accustomed to being abused psychologically i think that we don't think we deserve it mm -hmm. um you know 
So Eric Fromm, in his book, Psychology of Freedom, he says human beings are hardwired to be submissive to authority. It's a great concept to ponder. <laughs> it makes you wonder what it makes you think why is always that how they've made us think that we are yeah i think there's a, a good component on that but that's not my area of expertise i have to refer somebody to you that knows about that kind of thing oh mate refer them away buddy um i love yeah. all this shit it's brilliant yeah well, well listen i'll let you bounce anyway because i really appreciate that you are busy and the light is fading where i am so but i really appreciate your time today some really good stuff i feel like we've only just scraped the surface of so much <laughs> um yeah thank you for having me on this has been a no, good man, i'd love to have you on i'd love to have you on again but maybe we can pick one topic where we can delve right deep because i think there's there's a lot you can uh, you can offer everybody um so it's trying to give them a little uh, platter of everything really i think <laughs> but um, i'd like to really pin you down about some other stuff but that in itself will be another podcast but i'd definitely like to have you back on again if yeah uh, if you'd like i will be back brilliant well you've told everybody where you can find them any final words before we bounce hey just uh say no <laughs> just say no the government says do this say no <laughs> yeah. and if it's for free you're the product <laughs> as they <Yeah>. say <laughs> <laughs> nice one mate thank you so much for your time buddy all right i'll leave you be thank you so much mate and you take care buddy all right all right thank you